0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, I am joined by a real-life hero. So this lady has been in the Air Force for 20 years, I think, and has started now a couple businesses. So I'm really excited to get into her backstory. So welcome to the show, Tammy Barlett, co-founder of Athena's Voice and founder of CrossCheck.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you bringing me on.
0: So... Before we get into the two businesses that you are currently involved with, I want to hear from you what you feel are the three most important things that every entrepreneur needs to really know or understand.
1: Absolutely, that's important. So, first of all, I would say, tell people don't do it alone. Even okay. though you may be an entrepreneur and a solopreneur and you're by yourself. There's so much to it and you just can't go down this journey in this path alone. The second thing is don't give up. It is absolutely going to be difficult and there will be challenges that you didn't expect and you have to expect that. So when you expect challenges you don't expect, just, you know, dig deep, remember why you're doing it and keep going. And then the last thing that kind of ties into this is it's important that you define success for you. That was... Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my struggles in the beginning, uh, the idea of what a successful business was was something much bigger than I was actually capable and or interested in creating. And so that created a lot of disharmony for me. So you have to make sure that you define what success means for you. And it doesn't have to be what society thinks success is.
0: Yeah, you don't have to be the next uh, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, right? Uh, you can yeah, still have exactly. have a very successful Uh, Business and life and everything else. So, I am curious before we get into learning a little bit more about your business, then, how do you define success?
1: Well, success for my business really is it has to, first of all, be work really well with my family lifestyle. That is kind of foundational. But the most important thing as far as business goes is that I'm making a positive impact in people's lives. And in order to do that, you don't have to reach thousands and thousands of people. You you can have a, what I think of as a more of a boutique business, even if it's not like an actual boutique store. That's yeah. what I realized is that I don't have to be this huge, ginormous corporation with tons of employees. In fact, that's not even what I wanted. So I was self-sabotaging truly. Yeah. So for me, it's making an impact and it matching with my personal lifestyle and family.
0: Yeah. And I... Would also add to that, too, is even though your business might be more boutique in terms of size, the impact that you're making on individuals has that ripple effect, the pebble in the pond, uh, where it does impact so many more beyond the people that you're necessarily talking to, especially when we talk about the businesses that you have. I mean, those have some profound impact on individuals that then can carry on and have some really interesting, you know, interactions and impacts on everybody else in their lives. So so really exciting stuff. So let's get into that though. So tell me a little bit about Athena's voice. What problems are you trying to solve there? What's that business all about? And then we'll talk about cross-check after that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Athena's voice basically grew out of an idea that really the seed was planted by my husband. (laughs) He said to me a couple years before I retired, he said, Hey, I know what you're going to do when you retire. And I thought, oh here we go. Tell me, what am I going to do? And I was curious, so I said, okay, what am I gonna do? And he said, motivational speaking. And I was sitting literally right at this desk here, not at this house, but this desk. I remember, yeah. cause it was so like, what? I got a little <laughs> nauseous and I thought to myself, uh, no, that's not, I don't wanna be up on stage, you know, in the limelight, that's just not for me. Yeah. And then I basically, I let it sit for a while and I thought about it and I realized, Lots of different things. First of all, I realized there's not a lot of women out there speaking, and because there's not a lot of women who've done what I've done, there's definitely not that many of them out there speaking. And it's I think it's important to get those stories out there, and not just the stories. There's some power in seeing is believing. You know, I was well, I was at teaching at pilot training at the time, and it still looked pretty much the same as it had when I gone had gone through with respect to gender. Now I am not looking for gender equality in numbers necessarily just equality and opportunity and i don't think that'll ever equate numbers you know 50/50 and that's totally fine with me it's just the opportunity but there were still women saying things like oh i i, I don't want to go fighters because i want to have a family and i'm like i have 3 kids and i flew fighter aircraft you can do these things so i thought it was important to get my story out there and you know initially when my husband mentioned it i thought i, I don't want to be i'm my, my ego like i don't want to be up and on stage i don't need that And I realized that the truth is, is that it was actually a disservice to others to not share my story because I can help others. And then I partnered up with Heather Penny, who was already on the speaking circuit. And we put Athena's voice together and we recruited several other female fighter pilots and we put together, basically it started as a speaker's bureau and now it's, it's a speaker referral business. So if people are looking for, you know, a powerful female, who's a military aviator, you can go to our website, athenasvoiceusa.com, and I'll match you with a great speaker who can make an impact in your organization.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a really neat model because you're taking all of these very inspirational individuals who have served and and have, you know, faced all types of adversity, and you're leveraging those experiences to help motivate and inspire other people. And again, it's that you know the ripple effect of that is just massive, I think, which is really cool so now that's the first business and you were doing this business since you exited the um the military, I think you said so you you served for twenty years
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so back in twenty eighteen then is when you yes. were exiting and you created the this uh, this business and then, more recently in 2022 so about a year ago you mm-hmm. uh, created crosscheck so tell us a little bit about crosscheck
1: yeah crosscheck is a business that where I do mental performance coaching for aviators the okay. world has a lot of mental performance coaches for athletes and you know the profession that uses mental performance coaching the most is professional athletes and they've discovered there's something to it there's something to using mental performance to reach your full and highest potential. And they're really that that industry is really tapping into the mental performance industry. But I realized, I thought to myself, are you are you kidding me? Like golfers are using this, but their lives aren't on the line. And I don't care if you're flying a Cessna 172 or you're flying an A10 Warthog. You you're putting your life on the line. And if you are not on it, when you're flying, you're putting yourself in more danger. And one of the sayings I like to say, and it's basically the catchphrase for the company is you can't just pull over on a cloud. Mm. So we really need to grasp and control our, you know, our emotions and our thoughts and our focus. It's so very important. And I'm like, we need to get this in the aviation industry as just the norm. (laughs) So that's what I decided to do. I I actually got a certification for mental performance for athletes and I'm, I transitioned it to apply it to pilots.
0: That's really cool. And so you've been doing it for a year. So, how has that been for you? What uh, kind of success have you found or challenges along the way, I guess, in building that business?
1: Yeah. Well, I actually, just backing up a little bit, part of I've been doing this longer than I realized because part of the reason I started the business was I spent most of, I spent 11 years of my 20 year career instructing. And Probably, probably even more than I've looked at it. I flew the whole 20, but I was actually in pilot training as an instructor full-time for 11 of the years because I loved it. And although I did a lot of stick and rudder instruction, clearly that was my job. What I realized that was more impactful than that stick and rudder instruction was the mental performance coaching that I didn't even realize I was doing. Hmm. Because a lot of the issues were not that they couldn't do a stall or they couldn't land, It was what was going on inside of their mind. And I would work with them on that because I cared. It it mattered to me. And so that's where I realized I really needed, it was a really effective method in helping people um, work through their aviation struggles. And since then, I've worked with several people in Crosscheck and the results have been really pretty phenomenal. People, you know, they don't realize that they're not really controlling their thoughts and that will truly affect your subconscious and it affects your performance and your focus. And it, you know, it just, it's a cycle. So it's been very effective as far as the challenges go. Um, I'm working on creating a course and you know, there's, there's, there's that whole perfectionism, which is perfectionism, which is part of mental performance training. Right. Um, but you know, I'm starting to apply the 80% solution now is better than the hundred percent solution never. So yeah. even though I, everything's not perfect, this content needs to get out there. And so November 5th, I'm i I'm putting it out there and we're going forward, you know, because perfect is the enemy of good, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, and that's such a, a monumental thing to create uh, because when it comes to course development, we work with clients on, on my business side anyway, with different people who are doing that. And, uh, and it is something where you could, work on and tweak something forever and never actually get it done completely to to everybody's satisfaction because it is so, so nuanced right um right and so so yeah now i liked how you were tying in or or referencing the mental performance um i, I guess principles as you're working through you know that challenge yourself right i'm i'm really curious because our audience or other entrepreneurs right and business mm-hmm. leaders and so these are people who you know they're they're not uh, in the situation where they don't have any clouds to land on because they <laughs> they, they don't have that issue per se uh, but you know they have to perform at a high level in order to continue to scale their business and deal with all the things that are are pulling them in all the different directions that every entrepreneur does so knowing what you know about mm-hmm. um perf- uh, you know mental performance and your experiences as an entrepreneur, what would be some of the biggest things, I guess, that um, you could share with our audience that would maybe help them perform better in their, you know, corporate um, lives? I guess.
1: Sure, of course. Yeah, when I give my keynote, I, you know, I talk about how you can't just pull over on a cloud, but the truth is, in life, you can't either. It just it keeps going. Um. Yeah. So the biggest thing, I kind of already addressed it in the beginning, but one thing is important to, is your perspective on challenges. So first of all, expecting challenges. Most people do that, but the thing is you have to expect that there's going to be challenges that exceed what you expected. So I know that sounds kind of, kind of twisted, but the truth is you have to go, okay, I knew there's be challenges and yep. I knew they're going to be bigger than I thought. And this one's definitely bigger than.
0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, I am joined by a real-life hero. So this lady has been in the Air Force for 20 years, I think, and has started now a couple businesses. So I'm really excited to get into her backstory. So welcome to the show, Tammy Barlett, co-founder of Athena's Voice and founder of CrossCheck.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you bringing me on.
0: So... Before we get into the two businesses that you are currently involved with, I want to hear from you what you feel are the three most important things that every entrepreneur needs to really know or understand.
1: Absolutely. That's important. So first of all, I would say, tell people, don't do it alone. Even though you may be an entrepreneur and a solopreneur and you're by yourself, there's so much to it and you just can't go down this journey in this path alone. The second thing is don't give up. It is absolutely going to be difficult and there will be challenges that you didn't expect and you have to expect that. So when you expect challenges you don't expect, just you know, dig deep, remember why you're doing it and keep going. And then the last thing that kind of ties into this is it's important that you define success for you. That was... Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my struggles in the beginning, uh, the idea of what a successful business was, was something much bigger than I was actually capable and or interested in creating. And so that created a lot of disharmony for me. So you have to make sure that you define what success means for you. And it doesn't have to be what society thinks success is.
0: Yeah, you don't have to be the next uh, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, right? Uh, you can yeah, still have exactly. have a very successful Uh, Business and life and everything else. So, I am curious before we get into learning a little bit more about your business, then, how do you define success?
1: Well, success for my business really is it has to, first of all, be work really well with my family lifestyle. That is kind of foundational. But the most important thing as far as business goes is that I'm making a positive impact in people's lives. And in order to do that, you don't have to reach thousands and thousands of people. You you can have a, what I think of as a more of a boutique business, even if it's not like an actual boutique store. That's yeah. what I realized is that I don't have to be this huge, ginormous corporation with tons of employees. In fact, that's not even what I wanted. So I was self-sabotaging truly. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's making an impact and it matching with my personal lifestyle and family.
0: Yeah. And I... Would also add to that, too, is even though your business might be more boutique in terms of size, the impact that you're making on individuals has that ripple effect, the pebble in the pond, uh, where it does impact so many more beyond the people that you're necessarily talking to, especially when we talk about the businesses that you have. I mean, those have some profound impact on individuals that then can carry on and have some really interesting, you know, interactions and impacts on everybody else in their lives. So so really exciting stuff. So let's get into that though. So tell me a little bit about Athena's voice. What problems are you trying to solve there? What's that business all about? And then we'll talk about cross check after that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Athena's voice basically grew out of an idea that really the seed was planted by my husband. <laughs> he okay. said to me a couple of years before I retired, he said, Hey, I know what you're going to do when you retire. And I thought, Oh, here we go. Tell me, what am I going to do? And I was curious, so I said, okay, what am I gonna do? And he said, motivational speaking. And I was sitting literally right at this desk here, not at this house, but this desk. I remember, yeah. cause it was so like, what? I got a little <laughs> nauseous and I thought to myself, uh, no, that's not, I don't want to be up on stage, you know, in the limelight, that's just not for me. Yeah. And then I basically, I let it sit for a while and I thought about it and I realized Lots of different things. First of all, I realized there's not a lot of women out there speaking, and because there's not a lot of women who've done what I've done, there's definitely not that many of them out there speaking. And it's I think it's important to get those stories out there, and not just the stories. There's some power in seeing is believing. You know, I was well, I was at teaching at pilot training at the time, and it still looked pretty much the same as it had when I gone had gone through with respect to gender. Now I am not looking for gender equality in numbers necessarily just equality and opportunity and i don't think that'll ever equate numbers you know 50/50 and that's totally fine with me it's just the opportunity but there was still women saying things like oh i i, I don't want to go fighters because i want to have a family and i'm like i have 3 kids and i flew fighter aircraft you can do these things so i thought it was important to get my story out there and you know initially when my husband mentioned it i thought i, I don't want to be i'm my, my ego like i don't want to be up and on stage i don't need that And I realized that the truth is, is that it was actually a disservice to others to not share my story because I can help others. And then I partnered up with Heather Penny, who was already on the speaking circuit. And we put Athena's voice together and we recruited several other female fighter pilots and we put together, basically it started as a speaker's bureau and now it's, it's a speaker referral business. So if people are looking for, you know, a powerful female who's a military aviator, you can go to our website, athenasvoiceusa.com, and I'll match you with a great speaker who can make an impact in your organization.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a really neat model because you're taking all of these very inspirational individuals who have served and, and have, you know, faced all types of adversity, and you're leveraging those experiences to help motivate and inspire other people. And again, it's that you know the ripple effect of that is just massive, I think, which is really cool. So now that's the first business, and you were doing this business since you exited the um, the military. I think you said so. You you served for twenty years, mm-hmm. and so back in twenty eighteen, then is when you yes. were exiting and you created the this uh, this business, and then. More recently in 2022, so about a year ago, you mm-hmm. uh, created CrossCheck. So tell us a little bit about CrossCheck.
1: Yeah, CrossCheck is a business that where I do mental performance coaching for aviators. The okay. world has a lot of mental performance coaches for athletes. And, you know, the profession that uses mental performance coaching the most is professional athletes, and they've discovered there's something to it. There's something to using mental performance to reach your full and highest potential. And they're really that, that industry is really tapping into the mental performance industry. But I realized I thought to myself, are you, are you kidding me? Like golfers are using this, but their lives aren't on the line. And I don't care if you're flying a Cessna 172 or you're flying an a 10 warthog, you you're putting your life on the line. And if you are not on it, when you're flying, you're putting yourself in more danger. And one yep. of the sayings I like to say, and it's basically the catchphrase for the company, is you can't just pull over on a cloud. Mm. So we really need to grasp and control our, you know, our emotions and our thoughts and our focus. It's so very important. And I'm like, we need to get this in the aviation industry as just the norm. Yep. So that's what I decided to do. I, I actually got a certification for mental performance for athletes, and I'm I transitioned it to apply it to pilots.
0: That's really cool. And so you've been doing it for a year. So, how has that been for you? What uh, kind of success have you found or challenges along the way, I guess, in building that business?
1: Yeah. Well, I actually, just backing up a little bit, part of I've been doing this longer than I realized because part of the reason I started the business was I spent most of, I spent 11 years of my 20 year career instructing. And probably probably even more than I've looked at it. I flew the whole 20, but I was actually in pilot training as an instructor full-time for 11 of the years because I loved it. And although I did a lot of stick and rudder instruction, clearly that was my job. What I realized that was more impactful than that stick and rudder instruction was the mental performance coaching that I didn't even realize I was doing. Hmm. Because a lot of the issues were not that they couldn't do a stall or they couldn't land, It was what was going on inside of their mind. And I would work with them on that because I cared. It it mattered to me. And so that's where I realized I really needed, it was a really effective method in helping people um, work through their aviation struggles. And since then, I've worked with several people in Crosscheck and the results have been really pretty phenomenal. People, you know, they don't realize that they're not really controlling their thoughts and that will truly affect your subconscious and it affects your performance and your focus. And it, you know, it just, it's a cycle. So it's been very effective as far as the challenges go. Um, I'm working on creating a course and you know, there's, there's, that is that whole perfectionism, which is perfectionism, which is part of mental performance training. Right. Um, but you know, I'm starting to apply the 80% solution now is better than the hundred percent solution never. So yeah. even though I everything's not perfect, this content needs to get out there. And so, November fifth, I'm I'm putting it out there, and we're going forward. You know, because perfect is the enemy of good, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, and that's such a, a monumental thing to create uh, because when it comes to course development, we work with clients on on my business side anyway with different people who are doing that, and uh, and it is something where you could work on and tweak something forever and never actually get it done completely to to everybody's satisfaction because it is so, so nuanced right um right and so so yeah now i liked how you were tying in or or referencing the mental performance um i i guess principles as you're working through you know that challenge yourself right i'm i'm really curious because our audience or other entrepreneurs, right, and business mm-hmm. leaders, and so these are people who, you know, they're they're not uh, in the situation where they don't have any clouds to land on because they <laughs> they, they don't have that issue per se. Uh, but you know, they have to perform at a high level in order to continue to scale their business and deal with all the things that are are pulling them in all the different directions that every entrepreneur does. So, knowing what you know about mm-hmm. um, perf- uh, you know, mental performance. And your experiences as an entrepreneur, what would be some of the biggest things, I guess, that um, you could share with our audience that would maybe help them perform better in their, you know, corporate um, lives? I guess.
1: Sure, of course. Yeah, when I give my keynote, I, you know, I talk about how you can't just pull over in a cloud, but the truth is, in life, you can't either. It just it keeps going. Um. Yeah. So the biggest thing, I kind of already addressed it in the beginning, but. One thing is important to, is your perspective on challenges. So first of all, expecting challenges. Most people do that. But the thing is you have to expect that there's going to be challenges that exceed what you expected. So I know that sounds kind of, kind of twisted, but the truth is you have to go, okay, I knew there's be challenges and yep, I knew they're going to be bigger than I thought. And this one's definitely bigger than I thought. So how am I going to approach this? start and then start that when you have that challenge you can think of it well am i going to look at it as a problem or am i going to look at it as a problem like a challenge to be solved like a puzzle that i want to solve so that just that framework of it right there will help free a little bit of your mind if you see it as a problem you're kind of limiting yourself whereas if you Mm -hmm. go okay this is like how can i solve this how can i figure this one out um that puts you in a much better place. The other thing preemptively you can do is um, think through the challenges you expect. So sit down and write, write down your, what ifs, those things that keep you up at night, that things that go, what if this happens? So like for me, let's say I'm giving a virtual keynote and I lose my internet. What am I going to do? So if that's a, what if that's not solved, it's going to affect my performance going to affect me going forward. So what do I do? I actually record my entire keynote in advance and I send them a link to it and say, if we lose internet, here it is. So it's solved. So you you can address some of those things in advance. And the other thing, you know, that does is when you think through a problem that you expect to happen and you have to think through step by step, not just a 60,000 foot view, but like detailed, let's say you put yourself in the scenario, what are you going to do? Because the other thing that that does for you is even if that particular problem never comes your way you are already more mentally prepared and in, like mentally capable to handle the problems that do come. You'll stay more calm and you'll work through them quicker. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I I can see that like, it's all really about the prep, right? And just thinking, I've never been in the military, but just thinking of what, you know, I I see in movies and whatnot. And what I I think is probably happening. I, I mean, it's really, you guys spend so much time on the preparation side of things in, you know, in all of the drills, all of the training, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just repetition, repetition, repetition. Right. And, um, and that's where you, you probably just inherently have all these performance based practices that are just part of it because that's what makes for, for better outcomes, uh, whether it's on the battlefield or, or up in the plane. Right.
1: Right. You hit the nail on the head. That's actually the, that's what I call it. Preparation and pre- specifically preparing for those, what if scenarios. I didn't realize until I got out of the military, how that, how much preparation we did. I just, it was the norm. So when mm-hmm. I got out of the military and I was like, well, do you have this done? Have you done it? People are like, what? I'm like, Oh, okay. <sighs> Let's put some preparation in here. But one of the things I, people will often say to me is Tammy, you, well, you can't prepare for everything. Yeah. And I get it. I agree. But that doesn't mean you should prepare for nothing and just yeah. kind of wing it as you go. You can choose one or two of the most threatening things that could come your way. And over time, you will build up an arsenal of ways to defeat the challenges that do come your way.
0: And, and wouldn't it be safe to say that just the, the practice of going through those exercises always when you can identify the ones that you can identify right. gives you the tools then to quickly and you know, without really expending a tremendous amount of conscious effort, probably work through the unexpected problems when they do hit. Right.
1: Right. And that's the key. You said unconscious, you know, you kind of push through it without even realizing some of the things you're doing. That's, that's why habits are so important because they help us push through. You don't use so much what I call thought energy or mental energy. I mean, it's like the best example I can think of is a recipe. If you have a recipe in your head, it's no big deal to cook it. But if you have a recipe where you're constantly referring to it, it's, it's so much more taxing and yeah. that's where the preparation comes in. It makes it a little bit easier for you to actually execute moving forward, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you exit the military life and then it's kind of like, holy crap, you know, nobody else does the same level of prep or very few do, <laughs> that we do. Right. Uh, so I'd imagine that must, must've hit home fairly quickly, <laughs> but, but I'm also really curious you know, with all the skills that you have, uh, especially the, the newer ones, I'm sure you must have layered in some additional skills um, as you were going through your own certification and that too. Um, what do you find yourself, I guess, most surprised at in terms of what you had to develop to become a great entrepreneur?
1: Well, in the military, things are really as, as bold and brave as I can be. Um, I'm also sometimes pretty tentative and, and, you know, anxious about certain things and you know lacking in confidence. That's, it's just the truth because in the military things are, the plan is set and dry. Like it's, it's, it's there for you. Like, yeah. this is what you do. This is the, these are the steps you take and there's really no options. So like, for example, in flying, this is a great example. When you're flying and you get to a point where let's say you're learning to fly and your instructor says, okay, it's time to solo. You, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. You, they get out you go. Yeah. In the civilian world, it's more like, okay, it's time to solo. And the student will be like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't, because you have choices, right? And not that I didn't have choice in the military, but it'd be a serious consequences yeah. if I said uh, no. Um, <laughs> so it forced me to do things that I might not have done. So when I got out of the military, one of the things I had to do was I wasn't being pushed out of my comfort zone. I actually had to choose to step out, which is a totally different thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I had to go oh, This makes me really nervous and I don't know if people are going to like it and what if I'm not good? I have all I have all those thoughts that everybody else has. But the key is what do you do with them? Do you 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 can't just say I'm not going to have them. They're they're going to show up. They're there. Everybody has them. So, it's like acknowledge, dismiss, acknowledge, dismiss. Like if they're there, let's just keep moving. And it was a choice. So that was one, that was probably the biggest thing that I had to deal with.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting, right? Because um, that is something. It, it's uh, like in civilian life, I guess. Uh, analysis paralysis is also another thing that really happens too. And so, uh, especially for for business owners, I think because there's so much information, we're trying mm-hmm. to make the right decisions always, um, and you can't be an expert in everything. And right. so you don't have that team uh, surrounding you that's going to either help, you know, push you forward because it's like we're all going this direction and you got to be coming mm-hmm. uh, with us, um, or you know, the the resources to really do the proper analysis and all the preparation and everything else that would be ideal if a person had the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm fascinated by that as well. Like that must be an interesting thing that you've had to brush up as against from time to time in your entrepreneurial journey, because you, you don't have all that camaraderie, um, Mm -hmm. and everybody else, you know, who understands exactly what you're doing. Sometimes entrepreneurship can be lonely. Um, do you, do you find that? I'm just curious if, if that was an experience that you had.
1: Absolutely. I never, I never intended to be an entrepreneur ever. I kind of like the plan. i like to, you know, stick with the plan and here I go and it's, everything's cut and dry. And, you know, you talk about analysis paralysis. I like to call that the Cheesecake Factory effect because if you've ever seen the menu at Cheesecake Factory, you're like, (laughs) Uh, okay, can you, can I have the gluten-free menu? I just need like five
0: options. (laughs) And
1: that's sometimes how I feel as a business owner. There's so many options. You do nothing and you just want somebody to hand you that gluten-free menu. (laughs) So sometimes, you know, and so it's definitely been a, a lonely journey, but you ha- if you recognize that you can work to defeat that that's one step i would say you know join other organizations you know join groups that where there's other entrepreneurs and yeah. you know cuz you're dealing you're dealing with a lot of the same things um the other thing i think is really important and unfortunately i didn't do this until after i retired the military the military has core values and i never thought of creating my own personal core values mm. but i read a book called black sheep by brant mensour And it made me realize that I needed to have my own personal core values for multiple reasons. Um, One, it just, it helps you figure out what is your goal and are these decisions lining up with your goal? Where are you trying to be? And the other thing it does is that when you have a lot of people asking for your attention and your time, and if you're a lot of people are like me, they want to help everybody. I just love helping people. You can't say yes to everything and you can't say yes to everyone. And how do you filter that? And when you have your core values established, it's much easier for you to figure that out.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. So now I'm really curious because um, Athena's voice isn't that old and you're, you know, creating now a second business and it seems like your passion is really on cross check right now. And so I'd imagine that's where, um, you know, you're kind of spending your time a little bit more so. Now, oftentimes when people are creating, you know, multiple businesses or, or, you know, they had one and then they move into another one, it's because the first one, maybe the business model wasn't quite right. You weren't realizing the goals that you had in that one, the the success that you were looking for there. Tell me about that decision. Um, what mm-hmm. was that based in? And, um, uh, you know, basically just tell us why you are creating a second business when that one is such a fresh one as well.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of, so speaking of starting a second business, one of the things I've learned that is if I, if I say I'm never going to do that, I might yeah. as well just put it on my calendar and say, it's going to happen at some point. Cause that always happens. Right. I'm never <laughs> going to be an entrepreneur. I'm not going to yeah. be one of those people that has multiple business. Why do people have multiple businesses? I don't understand that. Um, so yeah. I've learned, I've learned that if I said never, um, yeah. so I'm never going to have a podcast, so maybe I'll have one someday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as far as that, how did, why did I shift? Well, I think that, so I haven't closed Thina's voice down and I don't plan on it because I think it has significant potential. Yeah. But what happened was, is that I was in the military for 20 years and I intentionally went all the way to 20 active duty years so that when I retired, I could spend my time with my children. Now I'm not saying I was a bad mom because I wasn't with them. That that. Those two things don't go together. You can be a great mom and, and work full time and be very busy, but yeah. I wanted the time that I had, I felt like I had lost with them. And so that's why I worked so hard so I could be with my kids. And what happened was, is that I was getting stressed out and doing things that I didn't want to be doing like the marketing and the sales and the negotiations and the logistics. And I just, I was the bureau yeah. and, and I could have probably pushed it further had I brought people on board, but then that would have meant I would have had to lead those people. And, you know, I learned that when, when I first started feeling these things, I was really beating myself up inside. I was like, I'm such a failure. Like Hmm. I can't do this. This is, I don't, I don't want this, but yet this is what I need to do. And I don't have the motivation. It wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really the motivation. It was really, you know, the time. And again, we're going back to defining success for me. In my mind, I had this, a, su- a successful business is one that grows and everybody knows, and it's a na- it's a, it's a common name. It doesn't have to be that. And that's okay. And so when I realized it didn't have to be that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep this business going. I'm going to convert the business model into, instead of being a speaker's bureau, it's just going to be a referral business. So I have the okay. website up. All the ladies are phenomenal speakers. And if people reach out and they want a good speaker, I match them. And instead of, you know, it's just that the model looks different. The, the transaction is different with the speakers. I send them to that speaker and we just have a referral fee instead of like me doing all the logistics and the sales. And because that was overwhelming me because I was also speaking. Yes. And I thought I yeah, can't, yeah. I can't speak and run this by myself. And so that was why it shifted because my definition of success for my business actually came after my business was developed. Right.
0: Uh. Yeah. So,
1: the second business is showing up because I it this energizes me. Those tasks for Athena's voice were, they were energy sucking, and mm-hmm. I just felt depleted when I walked out of my office and went to hang out with my kids. Yeah. Now, when I dedicate time to working on Crosscheck, you know it's so you know I know I can spend time away from my kids and have them you know we we're, we're not going to spend every minute together, but when I come out. I'm energized and I'm ready to go. And I, cause I feel good about what I'm doing. I'm so motivated and pumped up about this because I think it's just so important. Yep. You know, we talk about, um, mental performance and if you think about it on a spectrum, we have on one side, we have, um, like a healthy mind. The other side of the, the spectrum, we have mental health crisis. Yep. Now closer to that mental health crisis, I would say is like mental health support and needing therapy and, all that, and that's part of the process. But there's a gap in the middle. There's this space where people are like, well, I don't need a therapist, but I I need some help, and that's where mental performance training can come in. It fills that kind of fills that gap in and can keep you in that cycle of of healthy mind more. And there's nothing wrong with going to seek mental health counseling. I, I've done it, um, but I'm just saying that not, you don't always need that. And but how can you keep yourself in that healthy space? And so I think aviators need that because it's a very stressful business.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, now I'm curious, obviously, your background is in aviation. Mm -hmm. um, And so it makes a lot of sense for you to really be niched down into, into that industry or into that sector, uh, very much so. Is this something that you have plans of going beyond because it, it's a pretty tight niche, right? Um, So in terms of scalability, uh, what's the, the plans there, I guess?
1: Well, you know when I first started getting into business, one of the things I was told especially with speaking is that you need to niche down. You need to figure out your audience and then once that audience says, "Oh, she's great," you know, they might tell, you know, it might ex- it will it does it basically expands to more and more people. But if you're yep. someone who says, "Oh, I I can speak about this to anyone," nobody really knows that you're their target audience. Gotcha. So, I didn't I understood the concept with speaking, but I struggled to apply it. I was like, well, who should I talk to? Cause my keynote is about perseverance. It's how to keep going when everything inside of you wants to just quit. Yeah. And that's kind of for everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, but when I started this business of cross check, I mean, passionate about aviators, I've had people say to me, but that just doesn't apply just to aviators. I'm like, I know but I'm going to start somewhere. And when I prove myself, and my credibility, then we can let it grow from there. So I'm absolutely willing to help others because it it applies to everyone. But I don't want to be those, that person, I can talk to everybody about, you know, that kind of thing. Does that make sense?
0: It totally does. And I think for those who are listening, I think this is really important. I really want everybody to, to, to make sure that they fully, you know, absorb what you're saying there, because I think it's a really great strategic approach to the growth of your business. Uh, starting in that narrow niche, establish yourself, create the reputation, do the reps as Mm -hmm. well, right? It's all about that training.